<laughs> All right, we're live. Nobody's watching, but this is for us. Welcome, everyone, to level 71 of the Sandbox Gamers Podcast, a podcast where three vidgets meet weekly to talk about life, love, and the pursuit of vidya. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your co-host with the most, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, actually live this time because we're on YouTube live again on a Saturday morning, but semi-live for our audio listeners from Southern California, and on the line with me are two of my best Arizona friends in the metaverse, the Ezra Bridger of our podcast, Vactor. That's right. Okay, I don't, uh, I don't get the reference, and <laughs> the Sarah Morgan to my Matteo Catri, my Matteo Catri, my Matteo Cartri. The always angry Jeff W. The second card Cartry is how Cartries, and I'm adoring fan. You know that awesome Starfield character that everyone loves. Uh, what a great podcast you guys are doing! Oh, I hope they write a book about you or a movie. I wonder who will play me. Wonder Rob, that's me. You know that guy from Starfield. Anyway, that get it? <laughs> Ezra Bridger is from Star Wars, which is another star-related thing. And then I did the Star Trek, so it's related to Starfield. Oh boy! And now who's Matteo Cadaddy? He's a character from Starfield, one of those popular characters from Starfield. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> who, who is that. I haven't run into him, me. have I? Later on, on in the show, you tell me. Hold on, I'm Googling <laughs> He's Googling. You know, I saw the name and I was like, I, I read that and I was like, is this the lady that's been following me around in my Starfield run? And it, it was. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know who what your name is. Did you say the she lady? She helps me shoot. Yeah, yeah. The adoring fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sarah Morgan. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. I don't I thought, know. I don't know the adoring fan. I don't know that one. I'm getting confused because those are all popular up. Starfield characters. Mateo Katari. I'm still trying to figure out who that is. Is that a voice actor? I looked him up on the wiki and I don't know. Hold who on. I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. Played maybe four hours. Mateo Katari gotten... is. Uh, yeah. Mateo. Uh, yeah. I see him on the credits here. Hold on. Hey, he's a theologian who joined the constellation in 2325, Rob. Didn't you know that? He's committed oh. to understanding humanity's place in the universe through studying relics of our ancient times. Hold on. <laughs> go, Rob, go. Oh, it's this young guy. Okay. Yeah. I haven't interacted with him that much. That but guy. now I recognize him. Jeff probably hasn't gotten that far. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. No, Jeff, you got that no. far. We'll see. I've we'll probably see. run into him somewhere, but yeah. I googled the name, and like the fifth picture down is a. Why is it a picture of a guy in a shower that says, "Why is everyone so mean to me?" Understand <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm gonna put this in the in the put this in the in the Discord because I don't know what 
happened. That's him. He's right there. <laughs> there he is. That guy. Yeah, I see it. Do you see the picture of the guy in the shower? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Not that, not that I'm focusing oh. on that. There he All is, right. right there. All right. That's a little taste for our uh, live listeners. This is why you should watch the show on YouTube. And guess what? Even though we're recording live, the show is still available on YouTube. So for you audio listeners, you can watch after the fact if you so choose. Sandbox Gamers Podcast. There too. Yeah, Sandbox Gamers Podcast on YouTube. 61 followers strong right now. But you know what? We had 50 last week, so... We're growing, baby. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, anyway, I managed to close out my show notes like a ding-dong. So let me pull, <laughs> let me pull yeah. these back up. I got well, distracted. You already, with you already this. know this. You already know the script, Rob. What I is Jeff? Know. What is Jeff? Oh, that's right. Jeff's always angry. But Jeff, on top of that, everybody <laughs> knows, is always D. T F. What does that stand for, everybody? It stands no. for ta- down to talk fun. I don't need the show notes in front of me for that one. Have I vamped enough to get these <laughs> the show notes in front of me again? Here we go. All right, all I got them back me, up bro. in front of me. Okay, so uh, we got a lot of video game news to talk about this week. We're going to be talking Starfield, obviously. Uh, we're going to get an update on Zelda Gate. No spoilers, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I got I got a new toy this week. Maybe we'll have enough time to talk about it. Uh, but first, in the strategy guide section, I see a little prompt. It's from Vactor. It says, "What is your best memory of arcades, and what's your favorite arcade game growing up?" So this, I'm gonna let Vactor take that one away. Yeah, this is a question that I specifically wanted to ask the boys because everybody has a different arcades experience depending on your age because arcades used to be prominent in the United States. They used to be a hangout spot. If you watch any eighties TV or movie show, you know, that has kids in it, they're going to the arcade and they're putting their, they're pumping them quarters in at Noah's arcade. But I had (laughs) a great experience growing up with arcades and I want to hear Jeff's and I want to hear Rob's. Uh, like I said, because everybody's age will change their arcade story. But for me specifically, I that was one of my favorite hangout spots was the arcade. I had a bunch of birthday parties at arcades where they would give you quarters. They would give you, you know, tickets and tokens and you could redeem them for different stuff. So I had a ton of fun at my local arcades. And I actually used to have a weekly tradition where my mom would drop me off. At Camelot, it was like a mini golf and arcade game place. And my mom would drop me off. She would give me a $10 bill and say, make it last. Make and it last. So I would, I would uh, put, turn that into quarters or tokens wherever I was going. And I would just have a blast. And we're talking, this is the era of Mortal Kombat, between Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. Mortal Kombat 2 had just come out. And then also Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I think, was the Street Fighter at the time. So this is around that time. But, Rob, they had that Gallagher arcade game where you had to shoot the watermelon. What? Smash some fruit. Hold on. What? A Gallagher we, arcade we, game? We've talked about this before. <laughs> we talked about this uh, on this show. About Ga- Hold on. Gallagher. 
But it's, it's not Gallagher. really Gallagher. You're just saying yes. Gallagher. It's not no, the Sledgeomatic. It's a Sledgeomatic, and it's Gallagher. It's a live action arcade game. This is full motion video. That and we oh talked about this God. before on the show. Hold Anyways, on. Gallagher was, was he racist right Was and he racist in the game? Or no? I forgot. Allegedly, what it was, Jeff. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what it was called. <laughs> Look it up. What the name of it was? But that game. I had a ton of fun with just because it was something different. It was a live action game and you saw actual actors. So your eyes immediately gravitated towards anything like that or things that were, you know, the entire arcade thing moved when you're, uh, let's say you're flying a starship or something. Those were the type of games that drew your attention, but they cost, it was the unheard of price of 50 cents or a dollar for a game. Uh, did you find it, Rob? What's the name of it? <laughs> I got I got excited for just a hot second because I found on Steam Gallagher Sledgematic, but it doesn't <laughs> look like it's an actual game. At least I can't what tell is if the it name is. Of this game? It says release it's... date March twenty eighth, twenty seventeen. Oh yeah, this it. has got to be. This has got to be. A, I think this is just a special. Why is it on Steam? <laughs> this isn't what I, I think want. It's called Gallagher's Gallery. Now. On YouTube, if you search for Gallagher's Gallery, they have the laser disc, 27 minutes of the full content of Gallagher's Gallery. So check that out when you have a chance. Anyways, that wasn't that wasn't my favorite arcade game. That was just one that specifically I wanted to tell uh, Rob about that I used to play all the time. But I used to play, like I said, Mortal Kombat was a big one. Um, there was a lot of wrestling games that I used to play that I loved. But I think my all-time favorite Oh, and to throw in another real quick arcade experience. So I grew up in Japan in a, a lot of years. I spent a lot of years in Japan and the arcades there are all like sit down. Like it's like a row of arcade machines and everybody's sitting down in their little seat and, and chain smoking the whole time. And it just smells like cigarettes the whole time. But the arcades never died in Japan. They're still going strong over there. So I always had that experience, the Japanese experience. And then when I came back to the United States, I remember loving the arcades in the, the United States, moving to Japan, loving the arcades, moving back to America. All the arcades were gone. I was like, what? What happened to all the arcades? And nobody told me about this. I came back. And it was a ghost town where all, all my local arcades were. So I was upset about that. Um, but my, I would say my all-time favorite would have to be Mortal Kombat 1. And I told the story about getting electrocuted by Raiden. I told you that story where my head exploded and all the Do it again. entrails came out. I told that story already, but that was my favorite arcade game of all time. Like I said, still to this day, we're about a week away from Mortal Kombat 1 coming out, the, the reboot of the whole universe. And I'm still over here talking about Mortal Kombat. So it's had a lasting legacy on my life. That's me. I thought I Rob sneezed. was doing the Raiden. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Mortal Kombat 1 is my all-time favorite arcade game. Oh, my God. Hmm. What about you, Jeff? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I think... I grew up in the era of actors talking about where they were pretty much dead. Like there really weren't, you know, many like just, it was always a, you know, Oh, here, here's a pizza place and we have a little arcade in the corner or, you know, here's the movie theater and here's our little arcade off to the side. 
Um, that's kind of how they are now. Like it's those yeah. little places, and then Dave and Buster's is like right. the big. It, it, I was gonna say that that'd be like the and like I remember my dad would like my dad like is is way into like pinball and stuff, and he would oh, take yeah. us to like it, I forget what it's called, but it was like a local version of like a Dave and Buster's essentially, right? Um, it was like Magic Castle or something like that, but they had like jungle gyms and you know all the you get tickets and all that stuff. Uh, so very Dave and Buster's like. Um, so that's really kind of my experience with it. You know, I, I do remember like you would kind of look for like, you know, uh, like a Mortal Kombat or something like if they had that cabinet in there. Uh, and, you know, like like to me, I remember seeing like um, the I think it's four Mortal Kombat four with the Quan Chi on the side. You yes, know, like that I was when they, seeing it, yeah. time being like, what the fuck is this? You that know? was the first time they went away from the live actors. Yeah. Yeah. And so. uh I remember having that, but like for me, it was really not like a ton and like outside of like your what what you would probably call an arcade experience now, just because there was no there was no little, you know, back room place or, you know, little side thing in like a little, you know, strip mall with, you know, arcade games, um, even though it seems like they're coming back now but with a bar in them. Right. You yeah, know, the barcade. Uh, yeah. yeah, the barcade is like the hot thing now. So that's kind of my experience. I mean, like it's, it's funny, like, cause I actually probably run into them somewhat often. I mean, the last time I, I visited Ohio, we were playing, um, what's the Simpsons game where it's like, it's like streets of rage, but it's oh, Simpsons. Yeah, that's called um, uh, the Simpsons. Yeah. Is that it just is the, the Simpsons? Official oh, title, it's yeah. just the okay. Simpsons. I didn't, I didn't know if it had a, if it had a tag on the, on the end of that. We but, played uh, that one nonstop. It was yeah, the Simpsons, yeah. X-Men, and turtles in time we we and that mm-hmm. was one they had all four and if you were lucky the x-men game would have six that was you would have the rare one that would have two screens and it would have oh, wow. six controllers wow. and you could yeah. play with six people so yeah that was uh, a big experience because you didn't have that at home number one you didn't have those graphics at home so the arcade was always better than whatever the home console was at the time and then mm. that was your like getting to play with other people there was no online gaming back then right yeah it's kind of like you know i imagine that at some at some point the arcades were were more like movie theaters in a way right where you had to go there to get the experience and then yes. you know the whereas the theater you can't really catch up to in a home you know the video games obviously uh you know did that tenfold um but yeah yeah i would say I don't I don't have like really like a ton of memories of one other than like it was always kind of like a side thing and like you know at an event where we were at or like I said like if it was a birthday at a pizza party you know kind of place like you would have one on the side there and you would you would occasionally see uh some cabinets here and there. Right, right. And I There's... hope my son has that experience. I hope he has some type of good arcade experience cuz I don't think it'll ever be like what we had me and Rob, but when when uh, maybe I can take him over to Japan and he can have a uh, similar yeah. experience. You know, they do a um, and this was a few weeks ago. I had a one of the guys from actually it's he's a guy that comes in like and repairs our stuff at work. Uh, he uh, me and him will chit chat about games, you know, every once in a while. And uh, he was showing me the uh, Phoenix has a like it's like a video game convention. I think they do two of them a year in the convention center, and it's. It's a bunch of like, you know, the local video game stores all bring their stuff, you know, to sell there and, you know, show. But they have a ton of arcade games there. And I think you pay for the you pay for the ticket, which I think is like 
I think the ticket to get in is like 30 bucks, but you get you can play every game for free. And they have a ton of pinball. They have all the stuff. So they do like a huge thing in the in the convention center, I think. I think it said it was like, you know, a couple times a year uh, they do that. So it might be worth checking I, out one. I also remember as a kid putting on my Christmas list arcade cabinets. And <laughs> I remember trying to research. Oh, yeah. Santa will bring me a Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet. But I remember right. trying to research like how much. I remember calling arcades and asking them, "Hey, how much is it to buy a game?" And the consensus was like three thousand dollars. And at the time, three thousand dollars to me was like today three million dollars. Like I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'll never be able to afford that." But maybe Santa will bring it to me. But I was a I was a huge. But that's I think that's the thing right now with these retro cabinets where you can buy them at Best Buy or. GameStop. There's a lot of guys my age that are like, "Oh, I can have the arcade in my house now." So I think that's a huge. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a, a market for that. I just looked up an arcade cabinet just out of curiosity. If you want to buy the Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet, the actual arcade cabinet, uh, I found one. Oh, he's showing me the Gallagher video right here. I'm <laughs> sharing. We're this. circling back to Gallagher. <laughs> That'll, oh, be, no. that'll be that'll be for the for the video viewers. The Mortal Kombat the international food aisle. Look, he's, what's he smashing? He's smashing spinach. So, that you. So you, the player, are shooting. These are the uh, images of when you shoot the oh. fruit, and this is when this is what it looks like when you shoot it. So that was the whole game as you're shooting. Oh, it was a light things. gun game. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this whole time I thought you got to have like a fake hammer. And sludge some stuff. Look at Gallagher. He's got ketchup <laughs> on his face. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Anyways, look boy. that up when you get a chance, guys. Because that, to me, that was, those are, that's core memory right there. I'd never seen that game. Oh. Ever, ever, ever. We talked uh, if, about it. I mean, I'm sure we talked about it, but I still don't recall ever seeing it. That's a, <laughs> I feel like that I would remember. Sure. <laughs> so, a Mortal Kombat yeah, arcade cabinet uh, is, Almost five thousand dollars to purchase. That's, that's an original. Yeah, yeah, that's a full size. You can find these um, three quarter size ones. You know, four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, depending on where you go. But I feel like if I were going to ever invest in an arcade, uh, which I have not, and I don't know if I ever will, I would want to save for the full size, maybe. Oh yeah, that's just taking up space. And taking up power in your house, and you play it once or twice, but it's fun to look at, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It's like, like it's, it's like Animal Crossing. When I make the bedroom, I always get the arcade and put it in there, even though <laughs> you know <laughs> I would need that. I would need the bedroom from like uh, the movie Big. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like an entire like you know uh, condo on like a Manhattan skyline or whatever. I need like the big bedroom, but yeah, just you know, as long as you get the keyboard on the floor, it is the you'll dream. be all right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, <laughs> There's an actually an arcade place uh, right by where I live. It's a it's a bar slash arcade. It's called Coin Op Game Room. It's in downtown Temecula. My wife mm. and I go there every once in a while uh, when we happen to find ourselves in downtown Temecula. Um, and the whole reason I brought it up is because one of the games that they have there is the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah. My wife is not a big arcade person, but she she will go ham on that Simpsons arcade. Who game. does she pick? Oh, she always Lisa. picks Marge. Oh, <laughs> she picks Marge, baby, <laughs> with the vacuum cleaner. 
And they also have, yeah, exactly. And she gets zapped and you can see the bunny ears in her hair. Um, they also have right next to it the Ninja Turtles arcade game, the original one. Yeah. But she does, she never wants to play that one. So oh, I have to cowabunga all by myself dang. on that. Uh, arcade memories for me, I've probably told this story on the pod at least once before, so I'll truncate it a little bit. But when I was growing up, there was a, a gas station, or a, it wasn't a gas station, it was like a independent convenience store that sold cigarettes and things like that and snacks uh that had a a mortal Kombat arcade cabinet in there so i'd always go down there and (laughs) and play that stack up my quarters me and the kids from the neighborhood this this guy this owner of that convenience store knew what he was doing he knew there were a lot of kids in the neighborhood so he made sure to put mortal Kombat in there and i remember one day going in there to play mortal Kombat, and mortal Kombat was gone the cabinet was gone and Mortal Kombat 2 was in its place. And I, my mind was friggin' blown the first time I saw Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, that was a good one. Now, another one that I don't think I ever talked about on the show was there was another gas station by my mom's house. This wasn't the neighborhood one. This was a 7-Eleven. My mom used to smoke cigarettes all the time, so she would go to the 7-Eleven to buy cigarettes. And they had uh, the Golden Axe. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, in yes. there. And I loved playing Golden Axe. I don't yes. think I ever got past that first level. But heck, if that game wasn't <laughs> fun, man, like the arcade version in particular was Jeff W's Kiss. I loved Golden Axe. Uh but probably that was actually, my mm-hmm. oh, real quick, that was before Mortal Kombat. Golden Axe was my favorite. And then before that, it was um, Altered Beast. Those were the ones that I was going back to over and over. Oh, and Spy Hunter. Because I was like, Spy Hunter? This is like Knight Rider. And Knight Rider was like my favorite show at the time. So, oh, and then there was a Star Wars arcade game where you were in, you were doing the Death Star run. So there's a ton of, it was like, okay, this is my favorite. Okay, now this is my favorite. Okay, now this is my favorite. Mortal Kombat is my all-time favorite, but I had a bunch along the way. Probably my most recent, like, <laughs> this is, this is going to date my age, I guess. My most recent arcade obsession <laughs> was would have been a game called san francisco rush yeah now, if you remember san yeah, francisco rushes it was a yeah. racing game but they they had it what was the name of that that um arcade place in the mall where we used to live uh vactor uh game game works or in the arizona mills mall right. back when we <laughs> we'd go there all the time they, that, that place is still there actually is um, it i think it is game works yeah right next to the they, theater yeah, that's yeah. That was probably the game I played the most in my adulthood. Anytime I would go to an arcade, because arcade, you're right, arcades don't really exist that much anymore. Um, but that was one that I really enjoyed with San Francisco Rush. But anytime I think about my arcade experience as a child, it's always that corner store. It's always that Mortal Kombat, and it's always remembering that Mortal Kombat too. Oh <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one, huh, Jeff? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Game Works closed. In 2016. <laughs> All right. Is that the, is that the Dave and Buster's like thing next to the theater? Is that what? Yeah, I think another. There's something there still. Yeah, yeah. it's still there, but I think another company came in. So mm-hmm. it's not GameWorks anymore, but they still, it's still a arcade place. Well, good to know. If any of our listeners are ever in, or no, what, Mesa, Arizona? Tempe, Arizona? This is Tempe. Tempe. Tempe, yeah, I forget. It's been a while. <laughs> go, check out, go check out the defunct GameWorks, which is now something else. It'll be good times. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was a good conversation. Excellent conversation, Vactor. But I think it's time to hop into 
the video game news for this week. So why don't you tell us what's been going on? Because Jeff is dying to talk fun. Too much news. So this week, there was a report. Nintendo is being sneaky. They're trying to hold secret Switch 2 demos for developers. Apparently, developers got to see hardware running Breath of the Wild with performance boosts. So we already know that the Switch 2 is coming, boys. They announced earlier this year that there would be no news, but we know it's coming, uh, to share about the Switch 2. Um, and there was going to, or any other hardware refresh prior to the end of its fiscal year in March 2024. But VGC recently reported that the Switch 2 is expected to release sometime next year. That's 2024! So that maybe close to the holiday season in order to avoid mm. console shortages at launch. But they are it's coming, boys. Switch two electric boogaloo is coming. The developers already got their hands on it. It says in this article that the the Switch Two hardware was running the Unreal Engine 5 Matrix Awakens tech demo which was originally uh, used to show off the capabilities of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Ooh, Series X. And they it, played uh, an MP4 on that fucking Switch <laughs> hardware. They didn't run that game. Those fuckers at Nintendo, there's no way. There's no way so? they're hitting it. No. The, the, I don't think so. The scuttlebutt on the street, Jeff, is that it's going to be comparable to an Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5, but it's still going to be a handheld. Mm. Do you think that's all hooey? That's all hokum? Yeah, I just I don't know how they fit it. I don't know how they fit it in something small like a switch, right? Like I don't know how you how you push power that's not you know on the Nintendo level, like anything above Nintendo level on a on a device that thin. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, have you heard of a, a Steam Deck, Jeff? Have you heard of a a Zeus or whatever that thing's called? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of, of gamers ally. Um, you know that I mean those are those are small but I mean me and Vector have had had both of those and Rob you have the Steam Deck I Mm -hmm. mean I don't know I don't know if that would like like translate like the Nintendo Switch does you know what I mean like if you gave that to parents are they gonna like the Switch I think is like uh, it's cute (laughs) you know what I mean like it's it's tiny it's like small enough you could throw it in a bag somewhere like those are small too but they're kind of like you know, clunky devices compared to that. Uh, but I bet you if they do it, it's going to be some docked mode bullshit that you're going to have to do, which, you know, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me from Nintendo and their, their dumbass. But the, um, I think maybe if, the... <laughs> if Jeff looked at this right now, he would say, this is half empty. What is Rob? This is half full. Yeah, boy. This is a half full and, drink. Uh, yeah, and so the uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there could be something good, but really for me, the the Nintendo leaks I want are like, let me see some of the hardware leak. I want to see if they change the look of this thing. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm hoping that they. I thought I hope everything's compatible. There's just that's my that's my big uh, you know information reveal I want is you know. Make all my games transfer. Don't keep me locked in. You know, let me play Breath of the Wild, all that stuff. Let me do all that. Uh, it'd be nice. I, I think it's it's plausible that they could, in fact, put out a modern system. Now, we all know Nintendo, you know, they're, they're, uh, 
they're known for using old hardware and putting out cheap consoles and use and just making the best of what they have with that stuff. But with the Steam Decks, with these portable PCs that are getting popular now, it's doable that Nintendo could put out something that's comparable to modern consoles. Mm-hmm. Probably well, not as great, but they could yeah. do it. It's just, will they do it? In, in the in like in the article, like uh, a couple of the sources were like, "Oh yeah, you know they're running Nvidia's you know ray tracing technology," and I'm like, "Anybody here, you know, Vector not included now, but go put ray tracing on on your on your computer, and like tell me how your performance goes. You know, it's gonna take a huge hit. Like even that technology, like to me, is not is not really there yet. Like some games really struggle with that stuff." Yeah, you um, need a beefy GP, as our yeah, so friend just, Jeff Canada just, would say. Yeah, <laughs> I just like. Can you imagine? I don't know if I don't know if I can see Nintendo being like, "Yeah, you know what? We'll put out a six hundred dollar console. <laughs> like, we'll just we're just gonna do it. Like, put it I out don't, in tears. Sell, just put it out in but, tears. Ever heard yeah. of the Virtual Boy, Jeff? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wow, remember mean, how we big a hit that it. was? You know what I mean, we, for good reason. <laughs> we have heard of that, you know, piece of shit. Yeah. Wow. So I'm saying, don't don't do that again. Nintendo. Do it again. Do it again, Nintendo. Do it. <laughs> so it's coming. But something uh Nintendo won't be doing is any Zelda Tears of the Kingdom DLC. The development team say that they're ready to move on from Breath of the Wild's version of Hyrule. So this is mm. from a new interview with Famitsu Nintendo has revealed <laughs> that there's no plans for any DLC or expansions for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Does this bring a tear or a smile to Robin Jeff's face? It doesn't really bother me. The game is so dense already. I yeah. still haven't beat the game. I'm I'm more than 150 hours in the game and I still haven't beat it. So I don't know <laughs> I don't know if DLC is going to make my day really yeah. when it comes to this game. Yeah, there's just there's and I we'll get into it later i guess uh but yeah there's just so much to do i don't like adding things is unless it was something like you know cosmetics or something like that like if they dropped in some like you know new gear or like something like that i would maybe be like all right but yeah i don't i'm surprised people were even looking for dlc for this game i mean to me i'm like you know, you'll hear about the situation I'm in in a little bit, but it, I'm not interested in playing uh, <laughs> another entire segment of this game. You know, like there needs to it, it's uh, and I haven't even done a ton, like there's so much of stuff that I'm missing. Like, yeah, there's I don't I just don't think there's any need for it. I don't see. And like, is there anybody that's like even close to like let's say like 50% of the game finished that's not hitting at least a hundred hours. Like, I don't, I don't know unless you're like, you know, planning it very efficiently. Right. Like I think most people that are playing casually and trying to hit a certain percentage number, you're going to, you're going to, I've already crossed that and a hundred hours, you know, over the last week on that game. Not, not just that week, but you know, like I've officially crossed into that territory and I'm like, still a ways off you know um so i just don't think there's i'm surprised anybody even asked this question i guess <laughs> like you haven't played the I fucking don't know why game that made me laugh but <laughs> you know what really I mean? like you haven't played the fucking game famitsu come on there's too yeah. much shit kotaku get real <laughs> well it sold 
just in, in terms of being a business, it sold 18 million copies in the first two months of sale. There would likely be another billion dollars waiting if you did some DLC. That's what that's what Kotaku is saying. So if you want to look at it from a business side, there is money that would be left on the table. That's just if you're a businessman. <laughs> Which we are not. All right. <laughs> Somebody who is not a businessman is Charles Martinet or Martinet, if you prefer. Uh, he doesn't even know what a Mario ambassador is. We reported on this. Was it last week or two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, we talked about it last week, I think. He's, as everyone knows, the iconic voice of the mustachioed plumber for the last 25 years. Now he's being transitioned into a Mario ambassador, which is, he's basically Mario. He's basically on Nintendo's payroll for life now. But when they asked him, hey, you know what a Mario ambassador is? What, they, what exactly do they do? Uh, apparently he didn't know. Now, at the uh, end of August, Nintendo said he'll continue to travel the world sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. That was in the official announcement. But apparently, during a interview at GalaxyCon in Texas over the Labor Day weekend, the topic of Mario Ambassador came up. Um, he said, you might have seen the news, I'm a Mario Ambassador. I don't know what that is. I'm not the retired, <laughs> as it were, but I'm an ambassador. And as we step forward into the future, I will learn... We'll all learn what exactly that is. But in the meantime, you know, I'll be ambassading as I always have. Woohoo! So that was Charles Martinet's version of a Mario ambassador. He says he's just going to be ambassading as he's always done. <laughs> Emphasis on the assiding. <laughs> <laughs> it was right. uh, yesterday they put out an official video like they promised with him and yeah, Sigilo Miyamoto. Finally. And Ooh. the whole time, well, not the whole time, but several times, uh, Charles Martinet is referring to Shigeru Miyamoto-san as Papa. He goes, oh, Papa! Oh, Papa! They got a little creepy, considering their ages, but you know yeah, what? he's looking a little old. Mm -hmm. Time gets us all, boys. All right. So, uh, the SAG, this is the Screen, Screen Actors Guild strikes have been affecting both actors and writers in the TV and movie worlds. We've been untouched here in the video game world. Also, over in the Vactorverse, if you're uh, into comic books, we've been untouched in the world of comics as far as these strikes go. So our content has been continually coming out. But not so fast, Rob, because SAG-AFTRA is gearing up for a possible strike against the video game industry as the board approves authorization by guild membership. So there is a possibility that some strikes could be coming down the line. What do you think? You can, If you want to read all of the information, it's here in this article, this MSN article. But what do you think, Jeff, if there's going to be a strike in the video game industry, what, what say you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's probably it probably should happen, you know, to get people fair pay. I think uh, 
you know, especially video games, uh, you know, being becoming more and more popular over the last, let's say, 15 years, you know, uh, seeing like a substantial jump. Right. Uh, I think they make the most like if you go dollar for dollar, I think they make more than movies. Yeah, I think like I think isn't Grand Theft Auto like the largest like selling fran like it's the biggest franchise Either ever. That or Call I think, of Duty, off of, one of those off of money. I think, and obviously, like you could debate like probably Star Wars is high up there because it covers so many different things, right? But like you know, it's it's pretty high up there um, for being just a video game. You know, not there's no movies or books based on on GTA. You know, and it, the fact that it's up yet. there is pretty crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's probably right that that happens uh, because I don't you know I feel like when you're in kind of a budding industry like that you're probably just getting taken advantage of you know it's kind of a, a a space for them to be like oh well these people aren't under contract with any kind of union yet so let's you know let's milk this it's kind of like you know um, it's kind of like a, like it's a little bit weird, but it's like, it's like, you know, boxing was around for a long time. And then UFC came in, UFC fighters get paid nothing. I feel like video games are kind of like that where, you know, you had movies and TV and all that around for so long. And then, you know, video games are in that same realm in terms of writers and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of going to get the short end of the stick until they can, you know, unionize and actually, uh, make them get, uh, make the, make the, uh, developers or whatever, you know, the Activisions and all that pay pay them. So I think it should happen. I do think it's going to hurt games the most, though, because you think about it, like, for, for acting and all that stuff, like, at a certain point, uh, I feel like a lot of the, uh, like, you know, the movie studios, let's say, like, they have the content, I guess, at a certain point, right? So they just need to edit it together and then send it out video games i feel like they work on you know they're doing core fundamental work on these games you know up until the last month of the game releasing you know uh whereas and and, and i think that you know involves everybody involved whereas a movie you know at a certain point shooting stops and then they can go you know edit the movie market it for a year or whatever they got to do so i think i think that could hurt video games more i think from that perspective of you're just not gonna have you know i I don't think like bethesda doesn't have two video games in the can you know to throw out they don't have starfield like just on the back burner you know waiting like they still have to you know develop up until the last week of it and then they have to you know keep continuing to support it uh so i think um i think it's necessary but i think it's gonna really suck uh, for games, if there is like a major a major strike, especially for you know if we go into beyond just writing and all that stuff, if we're going into like developers and you know and all that stuff, I think it could be a nightmare for them. Right. I think if this goes through, I think if this goes through, it will. It has potential to impact the video game industry, but I don't think it's going to be like the movie industry or the TV show industry because right now you you think you know Disney, all these other people. They're not going to have any movies to come out next year. Like they're they're running through their bank of things that are already done, and we're going to have this big gap where there's hardly yeah. anything coming out for a while. the The thing about video games is we all know these AAA games. You know, they take four, five, six years to develop, so they can still get relatively far within 
the game development cycle, you know, they can have people on staff doing the voices as like little placeholders, I would guess, um, until they get official people in there. I don't know if the the writer strike really affects video games. I haven't heard anything about that in particular, but maybe just the voice actors will be sort of tough. So, yeah. And we're just talking, you know, AAA games. Not every game has voice acting. You know, you got a lot of these uh, these indie True. games, True. these uh, these popular. Um, little under the radar games that come out you know those can still come out and those will still be a-okay but you know your your big boy games might be more of an issue would you uh would you consider the zelda you know oh would you consider that writing oh. <laughs> ah. Ah. they've got hundreds of those sounds in the bank all they gotta yeah. do is <laughs> it's, it's like you know a, a raffle when they spin the little machine they just pull it out and go oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> exactly. Listen. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. <laughs> and I think we all are with the people, the workers in the video game industry, the the key issues that they're working of. And it's the same with the movie and TV show industry. The key issues are wages that keep up with inflation and protection against unrestrained use of artificial intelligence. So them basically being you know, cutting people's jobs and replacing them with artificial intelligence. They want mm-hmm. some type of in writing something in their contract that says the studios will not take their jobs away th- due to artificial intelligence. So the video game industry wants the same, you know, the same things. And it looks like there's 10 possible companies that would be facing a strike. Um, the key ones, I think Activision, Epic, Electronic Arts, Disney, Take Two, Insom- Insomniac, and WB Games. The, uh, so this, as Rob said, this could strike a blow. But we we do have some games that that we can continue on. Now, the the really big issue would be if the guys who are working on the servers, if if we can't get our duty, <laughs> Jeff, if we can't play, the servers go down. We're all dead. We're all eff. Nah, they, they don't let those people unionize. You know what I mean? They yeah. they they kill that in this country. So they're you know what I just now realized. Regardless. I could be sharing these articles just like I was shared the Gallagher. I could be sharing these articles so people have oh, something yeah, to look at. Sorry, everybody. He only now wants to share Gallagher. So <laughs> now for this like next story, at our faces. Get a good look. Oh everybody. no no. Oh. <laughs> so the TMNT movie. That we all talked about. We we had a whole episode, uh, a couple episodes back. It was so successful that it's getting a video game sequel. The new TMNT game will pick up where the movie left off and pits the turtles against a new mutant threat. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if you want to get our thoughts on the movie TMNT Mutant Mayhem, go back and listen to our Mutant Mayhem episode where we all talked about that. Is this, a video... is this an ironic title? Sorry to cut you off. Because like, I thought it didn't do that well. Or maybe it just didn't do well compared to Barbie or something? Well, here, here's the thing you got to consider, Jeff. So the, mm-hmm. the Ninja Turtles movie had, I think, like a 65 or $70 million budget. Uh, okay. That's I don't not, remember the yeah. exact number. But it was, mm-hmm. you know, relatively low compared to, you know, more uh, modern fare. Made around 130 million worldwide last I checked, okay. which, which technically is over, but usually you have to double your budget in order to break even almost all the time, because um, mm-hmm. you got to consider all the 
the money going into advertising. Of course, they didn't really advertise this because actors are on strike, so they couldn't really do it oh, like they right. normally do. Yeah. But here's the thing, Jeff. Here's a number that I do know, and because you might notice all the turtles that are behind me right now. The Ninja <laughs> Turtles brand made over a billion dollars this year in toy sales. Ooh, That's okay. it with a B. So I Dang. think... I don't think the movie is necessarily... Or let me rephrase. If the movie's underperforming, quote-unquote, I don't think that's necessarily an issue because of how big the brand is in terms of toys. Hmm. Um, so I I feel like, yeah, maybe it didn't come out as great, but that's still it's still enough to drive the brand because you've got right. this game coming out. They've already announced that there's an animated series based on the movie. They already greenlit a sequel. You know, the, the last Ronin game is coming out soon. So I don't think... I don't think Turtles is hurting right now. Right. I think this is an odd scenario because normally, like Jeff said, when a movie doesn't do well, they put it out right away on streaming. Mm-hmm. This Turtles movie is, has, is now out on streaming less than a month after it was in the theater. But I think this is a different scenario in that I don't have any specific details about this, but I think Paramount wanted to put it because it was doing well in the theater. They wanted to put it on home video or on streaming to give the Paramount plus something. Hey, go subscribe to Paramount plus. Cause that's where you can get turtles. I think that's what they're trying to do. That's the only thing that makes sense to me of why they would pull it so fast um, from mm-hmm. the theaters because it got 90 and 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Rob said, the box office, they're already working on the movie and a TV show. And then uh, I think they were working on a comic book, but a vid- now we're talking about a video game. So this is a full turtle sauce that we're going through right now. And we, as in me and Rob, are having a ball, right, Jeff? <laughs> as long as they sure, can make a good sure. turtle game, because outside of the beat em ups, I can't remember the last t- good turtle game I played. I feel like that. Well, that- that franchise is really stuck into one genre of video game, and I would mm-hmm. like to see them mm-hmm. expand it. I'd like to see like a Spider-Man, like Sony Spider-Man, but with turtles. I wonder right. what this last Ronin game is going to look like. That's that that'll be my make it an make uh, it an Arkham style. I said it before, and ooh. I'll say it again. Or a Spider-Man style. Yeah. I'd like to see that. All right, uh, I think that's it. For our news. Oh, wait. I added a real quick because right before we were talking about um, this, right before this episode started recording, we were talking about Mortal Kombat 1, which launches on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and Nintendo Switch on September 19th. So that's 10 days from the day we are recording this. Then anyone who has a premium edition of the game is going to get it on September 14th. Uh, the reason why this came across my desk was the entire story mode got streamed already uh, before the launch of the game. So interesting. The entire story is out there online right now, which that's the whole reason why I'm interested in this game is the story. As I've said on previous episodes, my wife uh, and I, during the pandemic, during the lockdown, we watched the entire series and this is from mortal kombat x until now like when they rebooted the series we we watched the entire storyline 
And both of us are, it's like a soap opera now. We're like, yeah, what's Raiden going to do? Oh, you better get him, Liu Kang. You better get him. So we've been enjoying this. And this Mortal Kombat 1, it's insane what they're doing with Liu Kang is a god now. And he he, he rebooted time. He's over here like, uh-huh. all right, I'm going to make Earth right here. I'm going to do whatever I want. So it's, I want to see where they're going to go with this storyline. And so this story mode is the entire reason I'm interested. The other reason I'm interested is the DLC is looking crazy for this, including Homelander, Omni-Man, and Peacemaker. And then if you're into Megan Fox and her toe thumbs, we've got her coming out. There's Jean-Claude. There's a bunch of people coming. So this DLC is looking nice, Jeff. Nice. (laughs) Some people are into the toe thumbs. Yeah, you do not Where can I stream saying, the whole story at? Is it like on YouTube? Uh, it's on. It's in this article. It's on Twitch. Um, somebody did it on Twitch and Twitter. Oh, okay. If they, it's okay, still yeah, up, yeah. maybe it's yeah, not Warner still Brothers up anymore. Yeah, it looks like Warner Brothers is trying to take. So by the time this airs, they probably took it down. This was from four oh. hours ago. Uh, but Warner Brothers looks like they're they're uh, they're throwing copyrights down left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if oh, I can try to stream this real quick. Uh oh. <laughs> He's gonna It'll be on YouTube. YouTube We're gonna though. get a He'll copyright strike right on us. <laughs> It'll be on YouTube because uh they, they have the story modes for all these games on YouTube as soon as they come out. Or we'll be good upstanding citizens and we'll all purchase the game. Uh oh. Factor shaking is yeah. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> That's right. All right. It's time to move on to our let's play section. Uh now loyal listeners will remember that the week before uh this episode, Jeff made some big promises. Uh, which he failed to keep, by the way. Huge. Where he said huge. it was huge, huge, huge problem. Problem. <laughs> I almost said problem, but it was a huge problem. It was huge promise that he was going to have the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom beat. Now he said he would have it beat by this episode. Now we're going to talk Starfield. This is going to be our big discussion. And but Jeff I do want to check lies. in. I want to check lies. in on Zelda Gate 2023. Jeff, mm-hmm. did you? complete the task of beating tears of the kingdom yeah so we're just gonna get into some spoilers here real Uh-oh, quick. He, um, that's a no because yeah, uh, hold on let me take off my ear my my cans that's no, what we say no, no, no. that's what we say in the no, industry no no <laughs> there's no surprises here there's spoilers but they're not surprises so i uh so i had a, a thing so the the last mission i've done all Rob, have you done the? You've done the. You have like the little four companions with you, right? I have two companions right now. I have the air one and I have the fish one. Um, Okay. I would also like to point out that I told (laughs) this was a while back now, but I did put in the Discord. I said, "Hey, (laughs) I accidentally went straight to the end boss (laughs) while I was playing the game because I was just exploring." Now I didn't actually make it to Ganon at the very end, but I made it on the path uh, to which I assume the the main bosses where you uh-huh. you go down even uh, Hyrule Castle yeah or where you, you go drop, down you drop, below? you drop down below Hyrule Castle okay. and so I made yeah, it to were, a yeah. boss rush section yeah yeah and then I was like oh I know what's happening here and so I immediately left <laughs> yeah 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 so you were you actually were in it uh, pretty close um, yeah I've, as far as I know that's where the end boss is mm-hmm. um. And that whole, and, there's like a whole gauntlet you got to get through just to get there. Like, oh, a weird yeah. maze and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, so, it, what is, uh oh. Yeah. So, so what happened to me? Trent's so, out here putting up GIFs, like, making fun of Jeff. He can't even make a full screen. He's a little bit. All, right. um, all right. So, talk about so, Zelda briefly so we can get into Jeff never so we can lies. get into Starfield. 
Yeah, yeah. So what happened to me was I thought I had the mission that looked like I had all my companions. I had a mission that sends me to Hyrule Castle. So I'm thinking, you know, hey, this is where it's going to go. Uh, and it's going to be the end boss, right? And so I, I spent hours grinding meals and getting everything ready, like trying to get like hardy stuff to make sure I can recover. So I get there. You fight Phantom Ganon, which is like a side boss. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've been attacked by those like red, the little gloom oh, yeah. arms or oh, whatever, course. that bullshit. So you fight him and you go through an entire boss fight there. And then they're like, well, go back to the little landing village over there and we'll figure out some more shit. So I was like, oh, my God. And I used a lot of my stuff trying to get through this this part. And then so there's a fifth a uh, little buddy that runs around with you and it's a I don't know if you've seen spoilers on this but it's a it's a construct so it's like you have a buddy running around it's like one of those ancient like I, I guess that's the only way I could describe it, is ancient constructs like you kind of jump into it and they're in like so anyway this was like a five hour gameplay thing that I'm like running around finishing like imagine adding another quest for another little buddy that's going to run around with you and so I get to that and do all of that. That takes me like an entire like day and a half of just like having enough time to play it and, and get caught up with it. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go. Let me go run to Ganon and let me see how far I can get. Because it was kind of easy because I feel like I'm leveled up pretty well, you know, at this point. And uh, I got all the way to the front doorstep of Ganon. Basically, I'm at the spot where you're going to have to walk through the door and fight him but I have no fucking food anymore. <laughs> so I have to go grind and get more fucking food. And like, I just, I've, I haven't given up on the game. I'm going to beat it, but I just need to block off like another four hours so I can go get like some hearty meals and get stuff. So I'm, I'm actually really close. I dropped a, uh, a fast travel coin in front of that door so I can go right there once I'm ready, but I have to get, I have to run around like and like all the duplication glitches are getting, you know, patched out of the game. So I was looking to like maybe just go duplicate, you know, some stuff and just get like a bunch of like little little fairies and everything. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's all patched out of the game. So anyway, I was very. uh, What not disgruntled, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I was very tired of the game at that point once i blew through all the meals getting to uh the point that i'm at now so i probably have another like four hours ish of playing maybe five hours just just depends on how fast i can get the stuff i need but i'm at the the doorstep of the the big phantom ganon fight that you're gonna have at the end of the game jeff was royally reamed the other day he was upset (laughs) <laughs> royally now, all i heard was <laughs> all i heard was no i didn't beat the game yet even though yeah. we, got, that's something we got promised <laughs> i don't know why jeff you promised guys, you guys i don't know why he promised, promised. Yeah. i know i give you a hard time jeff but i've been i've i've made it no secret how long <laughs> i've been playing this game and how much time i've sunk into it and i'm doing a lot more yeah. than you so i yeah, <laughs> I know how long this game can take. Mm-hmm. So I kid, I tease. I'm just new boo goofing, Jeff. And I look forward to us <laughs> having a full discussion on beating this game. Maybe a little bit more next week because we've got to talk Starfield. We're running out of time. Yeah. We yeah, still yeah. haven't even talked Starfield yet. So we got to get we got to get going. So Starfield is Bethesda's uh, latest opus. 
just released uh, this past week on Xbox Series X and S family of systems. Of course, uh, PC. Uh, it's on Game Pass. There was an early release option if you were going to fork over the money for the premium edition, the extra 50 or 40 bucks, or uh, the equivalent of the cost difference if you signed up for Game Pass. Now, last week I said, I don't know, I'm tempted, but I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and pay the extra. Bad news, guys. I paid the extra. <laughs> I, <laughs> I subscribed. I subscribed to Game Pass Ultimate on PC, uh, which I thought I was already subscribed to, but I was not. Or excuse me, not Game Pass Ultimate. That's the one where you get Xbox Series X and PC. I subscribed yes. to just the PC Game Pass. Oh yeah. yeah. And then I mm-hmm. then I paid the extra thirty dollars to be able to play it immediately because I just I had to play it. I had a I had FOMO out the butt, Jeff, and I just wanted <laughs> to play it. Uh, even though, even though. I've made it no secret on this uh, podcast that I have not, I don't want to say not enjoyed Bethesda games in the past, but I have not made the long haul with mm-hmm. Bethesda games in the past. You know, you got your Elder Scrolls, you got your Fallouts, and you got all these little things in between. Um, but even still, the hype was getting to me, and so I wanted to play it. And Jeff played it this week too, right? Si, senor. I got about four hours, I think, four and a half okay. hours in. All right, I think I'm about nine hours in. I definitely uh, spent more time playing the game than I really should have <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, during yeah. the times where I should have been doing other things. But, you know, that's uh, that's just yeah. how we do it over here at the, with Casa Wonder Rob. So uh, let's talk about the game. So Jeff and I are both not terribly far into the game, so there'll be slight game spoilers for the beginning. But six million concurrent players so far, Jeff. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think we're spoiling that much for some people. Vactor has yeah. not played this game because Vactor does not like Bethesda games or big open world. And I say that in uh, parentheses, open world RPGs, but quotation marks. Excuse I saw me. I shared a little story in our discord that Star Trek mission got my you had my attention. Now you have my curiosity. Hmm. All right. But so I want Jeff's. Let's get Jeff's impressions of the game. Uh, how yeah. are you enjoying this compared to other Bethesda games in your experience? Yeah, so I guess to give where I'm at with it right now is I've I've landed in Atlantis. I've signed up for the Vanguard. You see Vanguard? You signed up for the Vanguard. Yeah. My well, man. I, read, I read that that was one of the best storylines in the game. Um, and That's it the Space you. Navy factor. That's yeah. the Space Navy. Yeah. They basically do make you do like an army, like come join us. And like, he tries to like convince you to do it. And that's so, not the, I like the story vector. Mm-hmm. I liked it better when it was called Starfleet. Thank you very much. It's oh. stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> and so, um, so I've, I've done that. Um, I've run into, I've already gotten a piece of the artifact thing done and back and returned. Um, and so I think I'm going to continue down that Vanguard quest, but anyway, um, yeah, I would say this is literally like Bethesda, but in space. Um, it's, and, and Rob, I don't know about you, but like I find a lot of the things about this game to be frustrating. But when I'm when I'm playing it, when I'm actually doing the, the parts that I want to do, I'm having fun with it. I'm really liking the story missions that I'm, I'm going through the quest. Like I said, the UC Vanguard, I'm, I'm exploring this like remote Earth or this remote planet. 
and you're you know they don't leave you anything but it's like very tension filled you know it is very uh it's a very fun mission i think to to have at the beginning and, and i would recommend doing the vanguard like signing up for it and doing that mission it's been pretty good um but there's things like the web like to switch your weapons they don't put it on your scroll wheel on the mouse so on the PC, you have to go in and, and favorite. So say you pick up a weapon, it's just not in your inventory. You have to go in and favorite it, and then it will add it to one through nine on your keyboard. And that's how you switch weapons, which to me is just like not intuitive. Like I would think like, hey, if I'm picking up weapons, like just, you know, put that on my scroll wheel. Like give me something a little more simplistic than like making me favorite a weapon every time. Um the fucking menu drives me insane. <laughs> like, not, like, people are making fun of the map. The map is horrendous. It's terrible. But the menu is so fucking bad. Like, I, I don't know about controller. Maybe I need to plug a controller in and play this thing. But like, so you do like tab to go into the menu or bring up your map. You click M. And then instinctually, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I see where I want to go got this, or I got this information, or I changed this weapon, or I did this thing with whatever gear, yada, yada. I want to back out. If you hit escape, you know, I'm thinking it's going to take me back to the game, but it, it starts to layer you into the menu. So you go from, like, instead of jumping out of the menu, you start to, like, go back into the menu more. Like, it keeps revert. It's It's literally the most frustrating, like... I can't tell you how many times I like click into the menu and then I have to spend another, you know, five to 10 seconds, like just clicking and trying to get out of the menu, you know, does it uh, do that thing like destiny with the fake mouse? Like it, like even if you're Um, on controller, it makes you use a mouse. You know, I don't know. I haven't plugged the controller in maybe, but it is hyper annoying, uh, on, on mouse and keyboard. Um, so I'm hoping they like fix that around and like, when you hit pause or when you go into that menu, you have these different sections for like weapon map, you know, first aid, all that stuff. And that shit is horrendous. Like when this game tells me to fast travel, I've figured it out now, but I would love to see Vactor. Like maybe we'll do this at some point. Vactor should just come over here and I should tell him to fast travel to a planet or I'll just stream it to his computer and make him do it. It is the most convoluted <laughs> He's not ass backwards He's not menu, <laughs> like to just fast travel to a thing. Like, and then they, it, it makes no sense. Like how they, how they put that out there. Like nobody, nobody thought to like QA this and like, you know, or I guess they just didn't have time, but you know, just it's like, didn't what have the time. fuck were they thinking? They made I, this for the last <laughs> 10 years. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I look at that and I'm like, man, like you guys really put this shit out here. Um, so that has been like really my main frustration with the game. Um, I haven't run into many, I haven't run into like a lot of the Bethesda problems that you see. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like the Bethesda glitches and issues with games are pretty legendary. Like every time they put out a game, it was like, you know, Hey, look at this, you know, cow walking upside down, down the road or some goofy thing, you know, somebody (laughs) halfway through a wall, you know? Um, and I haven't run into any of that yet. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of that, so I don't know if that exists. So I, I feel like it's good and polished in in that respect. But man, that fucking menu is trash. It is horrifically bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think 
and Rob can attest to it. I think it, it it's very it's floaty, very much like a Bethesda game. I find I don't know if my I don't know if like as I increase stats and I and I do things like that if my if like the shooting will get better because I chose like the soldier class so I'm running through I want to you know go through shoot things and and you know go find stuff and all that um, and it's it's okay it's not bad. But it just makes me think, and you know, Vactor's funny brought up Destiny. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, man, like if they had the controls as tight as like Destiny, like Destiny is like fun to just shoot and run around. Like they they nail that feel, whatever that is, they nail it. And uh, this game kind of doesn't. I guess my only, I guess if I had to describe the game, is it's it's good, but kind of boring uh, so far. I guess, and, you know, frustrating menus, but I won't even count the menus right now. But, like, it's just kind of, you know, I haven't seen, like, a must-play moment yet or something like that. You know what I mean? I haven't run into something where I'm like, oh, man, like, everyone here needs to try it, you know? It's just kind of, uh, uh, you know, standard you know, fair for a Bethesda game so far. Right, right. It does feel like every other Bethesda game I've ever played. I I do agree with that. It has that same sort of floaty feel, just like you mentioned. The camera still zooms in on every person, and they're staring you in the eye while they talk to you uncomfortably. Um, That being said, I am enjoying the game uh, from what I've played so far. Uh, But I do agree with Jeff that this should be called Fast Travel the Game or Menus the Game because (laughs) you sure do that a lot, especially when you're flying between planets. Um, I saw a video of somebody approaching a planet from where they were outside of using Fast Travel and it took them about seven hours. They streamed yeah. for seven hours straight <laughs> flying to Pluto. Oh, they just put the engines all the way on? Yeah, yeah and Jesus they just Christ. went there. So you can do it without fast traveling if you got the time, but I don't mm-hmm. really recommend Man. it. Man, uh, yeah. But I, I am enjoying the game. You know, it has different gameplay styles. I mean, obviously, it's a an RPG, so you've got your leveling system and your, your skill trees that you're going through. Like, you mm. need to... Like, if you want to be able to use a jetpack, you got to level up your jetpack skills. Or if you want to get proficient in pistol shooting, you got to upgrade your pistol shooting. But it makes you, if you upgrade your pistol shooting, for example, before you can upgrade it again, it gives you a little mini game almost or a little goals. Like, in order to upgrade your pistol again, you need to kill 20 people with your pistol. We right. won't let yeah, you upgrade yeah. your pistol again. Or it's if you like want to up- constantly popping up on the screen whenever yeah. you're using. Or if yeah. you want to use your jetpack or upgrade your jetpack ability again, you need to j- use your jetpack twenty times in battle. Just little things like that. So it's like little mini games that you have to try to accomplish, um, which is fun for me for the things that I'm choosing. Uh, or like persuasion is one that I'm been using a lot. Um, the 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 pew pew bang bang sections are are okay. You know, you have like. Mm-hmm. 10 or 12 different types of guns um haven't seen a lot of variety in the guns but for for what it's worth the the shooting is fun um i have run into some glitches jeff the big glitch that i see all the time uh is Uh when i go to approach somebody to talk they'll be speaking but their mouths won't be moving and then wow yeah and then after they're done speaking they'll give me this (laughs) <laughs> they'll they'll start opening and shutting the mouth like a fish, and it's only for yeah. the first sentence when I approach somebody, and then mm. and then the conversation <laughs> will continue like normal. So I don't know if that's just a 
a me thing. Did you did you have a um? Have you had somebody interrupt a conversation of yours? No, you I've that seen jarring that jarring experience. It I've is seen weird. that can happen. Yeah, like so that like so the reference we made the Sarah Morgan thing earlier. That's who's following me around. She's part of this like group that's trying to find this object that you found in the beginning of the game, like the constellation right. or whatever. And uh, so she's following me around because I'm just like, yeah, I'll just have somebody shoot things with me. I don't even care what the hell she's got going on. I'm doing my own shit, but she's there. And I go to a bar to like pick up a mission to go kill a guy or something, I think is what it happens. And so her character interrupts me and it it is like, it is so jarring. I, I should have, I wish I was recording it. Cause like you're talking to a person and then it cuts to her just like no, no like transition, nothing. It's like the quickest cut to her face. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? And then it cuts back to the other person. Like, it would have been better if she would have like stepped into frame or something like the way the Bethesda <laughs> math is working there. It just like cuts over to this lady's face and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like it is a, yeah, it, the, the talking and stuff, it's a little bit of a jarring experience whenever I'm sure you'll run into it at some point. And there's tons of NPCs that are just talking about nothing in this game, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's no shortage of missions in this game factor. Like you'll hear a comp, you'll just hear somebody talking in the background. Like, man, I can't believe that this person never showed up at their job. And it'll be boom, figure out why this person didn't show up at their job. That was a yeah. conversation yeah. way over there. <laughs> <laughs> like these, these yeah. little, these side missions that pop up out of nowhere. So you're not going to have a hard time figuring out what to do. Um, the, that my does biggest not complaint, sound fun to me. Well, you can stick to the main quests very easily. Like, what, even though there are a lot of menus within the game, selecting which quests you're doing, it it does prioritize the main quest for you yeah. if you want to do that. Um, so you're not going to get too lost, but it does give you uh, opportunities aplenty to steer off the main course. So, for example, I um, I joined the um, the constellation crew that uh, Jeff is talking about, where there's a mission where you have to find another artifact. That's one of the very first missions that you have with the constellation. Go find another artifact. So I went through and did that, but as as I'm walking through that mission, I ran into the situation Jeff was talking about where you have to go talk to somebody at the Vanguard. And he's like, Why don't you come join the Vanguard, huh? And mm-hmm. of course I didn't because I was in the middle of a mission. But when I finished that mission, I came back and guess what, Jeff? I joined the Vanguard too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just out of curiosity, because I wanted to see what it was. And they mm-hmm. They send you off on a mission where you have to, at least the first mission I got, I don't know if it's the same every time, but I had to essentially deliver a care package to an outpost that is on this brand new planet that's unexplored. Uh, So (laughs) spoilers for this mission. Uh, I deliver, I set course to this planet and I go, great, let's go deliver the, the, uh, the care package. I'm making my way to the outpost and little by little there's just dead bodies strewn about all over the place and blood everywhere and i'm going oh no what's, yeah, here we go. what's going yeah. happen what's happening now and i get i get inside the outpost and there's just one lady and she's like yeah terramorphous here which is like a xenomorph essentially and it killed everybody and uh, i need your help you got to go to the other side of, of the outpost and you got to turn on these lights try not to die and so you're you're all of a sudden you're thrust into this mission where you're uh, trying to avoid a xenomorph coming to get you and you can either yeah. try to kill it yourself or you can set up traps but i make my way past that mission 
and they say, okay, you got to take this xenomorph sample to this person because he's the only person who knows how to stop xenomorphs from being born. And so <laughs> I make my way to, to the sample for this person, and this person's long gone. And <laughs> there's a there's a person in a bar who says, okay, he's over here, but he disappeared because he owes money to uh, the Mars people. So oh, lower yeah. lower his his uh his debt, and I'll tell you where he is. And then you're leaving, and another person goes, "Hey, I know where he is, uh, but <laughs> I can't tell I can't tell you where he's at until you get to my outpost because all the information I need is there, but it was taken over by pirates. So <laughs> if you can go and kill all those pirates, I'll tell you where he is. And all of a sudden, you're you're faced with all these options to how to find this guy. So I chose I'm going to go to this outpost. And kill all these pirates. Let's see what that's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I get there and hundreds of pirates. <laughs> well, maybe not hundreds, but <laughs> lots of them. And I yeah. I make it like through three rooms in and I've, I'm out of health packs. I'm out of this and that. And I'm like, well, uh, I, I am not going to survive this because the deeper I go, the more pirates there are. So I opt mm-hmm. to leave and I say, okay, I will go work on lowering his debt. You do a little B&E and lower this guy's debt. Bottom line is, is I solve this guy's problem. I lowered his debt. The guy tells me where he's at. Turns out he was at the base that I was trying to kill everybody (laughs) already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they had to go back and still (laughs) kill everybody. (laughs) Yeah. And get to to this guy. But I was loving every minute of it because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I was on the right path. In the part where Rob is at, so I, so I did that mission as well, and the uh, and I think that's like the main storyline that you're you're running into. The other one Rob was talking about is kind of like a side one, but like I'm I'm getting into that, and I'm like the ammo is like really tough to find in this yeah. game, so I'm running low every single. You gotta time loot everybody you shoot, man. Yeah, and it, and it is, and even then, even at that case, so there's points basically where I'm like, I have no ammo, so I'm like, I'm in this gunfight, and I'm running down this hallway with an axe to just go murder like two <laughs> guy running through a base. Oh, and, and I gotta tell you, horrible. that reminds me of something. I got, yeah, I thought I was so smart. This is Bethesda really missed a step here. So these oh, pirates yeah, are so coming smart. at me. all these pirates are coming at me and they're wearing these special kind of space suits like they're all virtually the same kind of space suits that they're wearing so i killed a pirate and it gives you an option to take his space suit and i was like oh this Mm -hmm. is gonna be badass i'm gonna take his space suit i'm gonna walk in they're not gonna know what hit him they're gonna think i'm one of them nope they saw me from 100 yards away get him (laughs) (laughs) they knew it was me even though i disguised myself as them right i I thought that was gonna be an option but I was like, why did you even let me loot his spacesuit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what was that even for? Yeah. Um, and then I, I had when I went through that whole pirate thing, I got to the end and like I was like, man, I keep getting like, you know, I run I keep running out of breath. There's like a little sprint. Yeah, there's like, an encumbered. In I was gonna talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the lady goes, Why don't you drop some of that junk? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, and I went in my menu and I was carrying all kinds of shit just from trying to find ammo. I had like twelve spacesuits on me, but I was like, I don't need any of this shit. <laughs> like, what's going on here? It's true. There's if you're carrying too many items at once factor, you you can only move so far before your guy needs to rest. And if you move so far without resting, then your health goes down because your the game's justification is that your spacesuit ran out of oxygen and now you're breathing CO2 because you're breathing so heavy. So yeah. you really have to manage 
what you pick up or how much you pick up. Or if you're going to pick up a bunch of junk, you got to either take it to sell it or or craft mm-hmm. with it or something. Um, so lately, I, I've I just will been say, uh, not if I yeah, if I finish this, that if if I am going to finish this game or do something like. I'm going to fire up Wii Mod and I'm going to turn that shit off. I'm going to turn encumbrance off. That is like Ooh, one of the things that's a good I'm just idea, like, Jeff. like, fuck this. Like, I don't, if it, that will save me so much time just not having to deal with like running out of breath. Like, like that's like just, I'm just want to do it. I don't have enough time to deal with it. I'm going to turn that off. But, you know, it, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird, uh, again, with the menu being so bad, like Rob was talking about, it's like you're encumbered, but you almost don't. You don't know it because like I hate the menu so much that I'm like it's hard for me to even like focus on it at this point, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So yeah, so there's there's a lot of little things that are in, you know not that great, but there's a lot of things that are pretty fun in this game. So it's oh, yeah, I think yeah. I think giving it a, a score like IGN gave it a 7, like these 7 and 8s that I'm seeing across the board. I think these are fair scores. Uh, mm. what people are getting it i don't think it's the second coming of christ or anything when it comes to, to video games right. but of course i'm only eight hours in you know people like jeff canada you know are are praising this game like it's the best thing they've had since sliced bread but they're of course have <laughs> played it from top to bottom uh so maybe there's a lot more in the game but a yeah. lot of the consensus that I've been reading or hearing reviewers talk about is once you get 12 or 13 hours in, it really opens up and it's really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I would say, I would say seven too, but like seven in, like I know a lot of people will be like, Oh, well, that means the game, that means the game suck, you know? And it's like, no, nah, it's like, it's good. It's just, it's not like, I don't think it's game of the year for me kind of thing, but you know, like it's, it's good. It's worth it's worthy of playing. Like I can see why people, if you tell me you love this game, I could see why, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think it's pretty good. I, I feel like I'm going to keep playing this at least for now. I'm not going to drop off of it yet. This is going to go on my list. We'll see what this looks like, you know, next month when Spider-Man comes out and uh, Mario wonder and all these games that we know we're going to want to hop into. Plus I'm still trying to beat, you know, Legend of Zelda, I got Baldur's Gate 3. Let's just say my plate is full when it comes to video games right now. But I'm going to keep, yeah. I'm going to do my best to keep playing this game. Uh, Jeff and I will continue to talk about it as the weeks progress. Uh, because we'll, I'm sure Jeff's going to want to hop into it too. But that's our our first Indeed. impressions of Starfield. Good, but kind of boring, but good. But kind of boring, yeah. but the menus, but kind of boring, <laughs> but good. But fast travel, but good. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's our our opportunity. Now, I did get an analog pocket, but I'm going to save that talk for next week because we're running out of time. So, this is the end of our episode this week. Now, don't leave yet because I have a couple of quick things to tell you. Uh, first of all, you can find us on social media everywhere. We're posting shorts and video game profiles on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, just search Sandbox Gamers anywhere except for tiktok because that's just under my username wonder rob but you can find all that stuff anywhere you can follow the link tree in our show notes that's link tree forward slash sandbox gamers podcast and you can get everything you need there as far as links did you know vactor outside of this podcast has his own youtube channel called the Vactorverse? he's actually all the same places that i mentioned before where he's posting shorts he's posting polls and he's talking comics and everything comic book related every week. Tell them about it, Vector. Oh, yeah. This week, we are still continuing our coverage of Jeff's wife, Ahsoka. We talked about episode four of the show. We're at the halfway point. 
on Ahsoka. So we got four more episodes to continue. We're going to be talking about that. We also did a wrap-up of the Superman anime. We talked about the entire first season with our pals from Geeks, from Beer with Geeks, Frank and Tim, and from Animation Fascination, Mr. Mark Vibber, who was jo- who joined us on our TMNT talk. So we all talked about the Superman anime and what we thought about that. So check out all those things as well as the shorts I'm putting out. I'm in particular proud of the shorts of Ahsoka, which have the Clone Wars style narration, which Jeff will be familiar with. In the Republic, we saw Starfield, the best or the worst game ever. That Clone Wars narration, but put on Ahsoka. So I've I've been very much uh, loving the reactions that I've been seeing on social media to all of those uh, shorts that I've been putting out. So please, if you would do us a solid, check out all of the Vactiverse stuff across social media. All right. He's got merch, too. I don't know if anybody watching the video was paying attention, but (laughs) I got the Vactiverse shirt on, baby. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube uh, or, you know, wherever Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If they give you the opportunity to leave us a review, please do us a kindness. Leave us a five-star review. We'll even shout you out on the show if you even care. I'm not your dad, but, you know, do something nice for once. Why don't you? And uh, I'm going to end the podcast the way I always do. GG, everybody. GG. GG.